It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. We have a lunatic named Chris Russell that works for this radio station. I'm yeah, sure I know that guy. I'm sure you're familiar. I was just curious what your opinion is on him. Well, <laughs> never really liked Chris. Honestly. Yeah. Really, anybody at the media at all, everybody who shreds me in the media, I'm not a big fan of. But <laughs> No, Chris has always been pretty fair. I like Chris. Hey, guys, what's going on? Hope you're having a great weekend, no matter what time you are listening to this edition. Edition number 116 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you aboard, a.k.a. The Rooster. We thank Jay Gruden and my pal Chad Dukes for leading us in, as we normally do. Again, um, thank you to both of those gentlemen. Jay Gruden is a funny Funny guy. Hopefully he'll be laughing on Sunday night as the Redskins improve to 6-2 and two with a 1 o'clock Eastern time kickoff with the Atlanta Falcons at FedEx Field. This is episode number 116, again, weekend edition. Take you Friday, Saturday, and Sunday up until, say, game time. Coming up later on in this episode, we will have our Eye on the Enemy segment, uh, a statistical look at the Atlanta Falcons and breakdown there. As well, we'll have our fantasy football freebies a couple of suggestions, a couple of plays, if you will, especially if you're in DFS, and as well our NFL Sunday six-pack selections against the spread. The spread has not been kind to the old rooster uh, of late, I can tell you that much. But we have a lot to cover and a lot to do and a lot of dignitaries to hear from, including head coach Jay Gruden, who, again, we just mentioned, let us in as he does each and every day. This time, Jay Gruden, a lot more serious about his craft, updating us on injuries and his 5-2 and two Redskins as they get set for the Atlanta Falcons. Did not participate were Crowder ankle, Thompson rib, and Williams thumb limited were Laval calf, Peterson shoulder, Richardson shoulder, and knee, Nicholson neck and hip, Bibbs shoulder and Anderson knee. Quentin was full. Yes, he was. Of the DNP guys, anybody that you know is going to be out on Sunday? Uh, Crowder, for sure, will be out. Was there a little dis- disappointment in him, but just that you seem to be the beginning of the week, maybe some optimism that he would have been back this week? Is it just not as far along as you had thought, or with him? He's coming along. This is just—it's a tough injury, you know, with the ligament and all that stuff. And, and we don't want to push it until he feels like he's with the trainers and the, and the strength staff, and he's uh, cutting at full speed. We don't want to put him out there when he's 75 percent. There's no point. Because you've already had that bye week as well. No. Okay. No, I manage players the same. We wait till they're healthy and get them out there. When you look, if. When you look at Atlanta's offense, they've obviously got a ton of talent at the receiver position. If it's a play caller and a play designer, does that change? Like, do you want to simplify and just let their talent shine? Do you want to try to still use the same scheme you use otherwise? How, do, how does that level of talent affect an offense? Uh, I don't know. I've never coached in their offense. But uh, 
you know, I like to think we're pretty talented also, but, you know, I, I don't know. I think it depends on the week and who you're playing, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Why don't you ask their offensive coordinator? Okay. As the Thompson injury situation kind of lingers, you're maybe bringing up Byron Marshall. How worried are you about Chris kind of long-term rather than just this weekend if his, both sides of his chest are beat up? Yeah, we're not bringing up Byron this week. He can't come up this week. He's practicing this week, but possibly next week we could bring him up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, anytime you have a rib like that, it's going to be a, it's a painful deal, especially for the things that he has to do, running a football, protecting, and catching the ball. So, uh, you know, we're going to give him a little bit of time, make sure he's ready to roll and, and can uh, have all his movement and flexibility and, and can run out there without pain because it, uh, it is a tough injury for a running back or for anybody for that matter. Just based on what you saw from Quinn today, does that – does he have a chance at Sunday playing? And, and then how does that maybe impact what Josh does on the field? Dunbar, he, uh, he did good today. So, I, I, I mean, he's full today. So, I have every, indi every indication in my mind he's going to play, uh, you know, barring a setback. So, uh, again, we'll keep close tabs with the trainer and talk to Quentin and see how he's doing. And, uh, like I said, barring a setback, I imagine he'll play. As far as how we match up with the receivers, we'll see how it goes. You know, I think uh, they have so many good weapons, you know, with Ridley on one side and Julio on the other side. I don't think it really matters. Both of them are pretty dang good. You know, Ridley's a first-rounder, and obviously Julio's Julio. So, uh, if we choose a match, we match. If we don't, uh, both of them are going to have to strap it up and cover a heck of a player. Jay, I was actually about to ask that same thing. What goes into that decision about how you um, – whether or not you move Josh around or, or how you flip sides and all that. What goes in through your mind as you're making those decisions? Well, it depends on the game, the person, the scheme, uh, what coverages we're playing. You know, if you're playing a lot of two-shell, you don't really move them around a lot. But if you're playing a lot of single safety stuff, you might want to move them around, let Josh compete against the best, the guy who they might throw it to or target the most. Uh, so uh, if that's the case this week, it could be the same. But uh, with Dunny, the way he's playing or was playing before he got hurt, we may not have to do that. We can uh, leave them right and left and, and let them be comfortable and, and uh, cover equally pretty good receiver, two pretty good receivers. So uh, a lot goes into the decision, um, coverages, who you're playing against, and who's on the field with you. How did HaHa -Ha progress in his second day, and, and how does he look going towards Sunday? He did good. You know, it was good to get uh, Monte out there, did a lot more today also. So it's good to have all three of those guys out there and obviously Shays and, and Ladler. So it's just a matter of getting them comfortable uh, in a personnel group and uh, letting them learn and, and go from there. And uh, he's back there with Torian the whole time. He's not in there um, talking about the calls and, and the adjustments we have to make. But he is, uh, you know, uh, a very bright guy, and I think he's going to pick it up very quick. He already has, so he's doing good. Team to team, there's we always hear about the difference in language for offenses. How different is it from defensive, both in the language and then just in terms of the scheme? Like, how is cover two here compared to cover two other places? Uh, well, it can be quite different, really. Uh, for safeties, cover two is cover two, probably, but uh, there are some adjustments. There's a lot of could be possible double calls in certain offenses based on the halfback, based on three by one, two by two. Uh, adjustments you might wake, make from a coverage standpoint. And that's something that uh, we just got to make sure that he can handle communicating with whoever he's in there with, with DJ or Monte. So that's the big thing, uh, alignment, assignment, all that. Just got to pick up the terminology, but he's, uh, he's doing a good job so far. Alex was saying yesterday that when he looked at the film and just analyzing that third down in the red zone obviously stood out. But just what have you made of your red zone offense this year? Well, I think it has to improve. We've missed some great opportunities, man, some really good ones. And, uh, you know, it's not easy down there. Defenses, uh, you know, they have great options. They can 
cover zero, cover zero you, they can show cover zero, drop eight, they can, you know, they play two deep, three deep, and it, it gets all packed in down there, and windows are very tight. Uh, you have to be very accurate and anticipate throws, um, and you got to win your one-on-one matchups when you do get man. So uh, we do have some improvement to do in the red zone area, and uh, but we have the guys, I think, that can win in a man-to-man, and then it's our job to find the holes in zone. Might have to buy some time if they drop eight guys and, and uh, work some scramble drills. Is that just a matter of getting more comfortable in the scheme and Alex getting used to the Yeah, probably. The yeah, probably. And, uh, you know, it's play re- play dependent and, and play related. So uh, what play is good versus what coverage is, we try to help them out and try to match it up. But sometimes we don't get the coverage we anticipate and we've got to ad lib a little bit. So, uh, But he's been very good as far as protecting the football, which is good. And, and you, you want to come out of there with seven, obviously, but Hop's kicking the ball very well. We're playing good defense. And most important thing is at least get points, and we've done that pretty much every time, I think. How's Trent coming along with that thumb? Trent went to see a specialist today in Pittsburgh, and uh, we'll see uh, how that went. Is that, I mean, obviously to check it out, is that too to see if he can develop something so he can play with it, or just to see? That and see if he might need to have something done, you know, so we'll see, yeah. So we're anxiously awaiting that word. Don't text me and ask me what the word is, please. (laughs) John, (laughs) come. Uh, thanks to Redskins Audio, Redskins PR, and Charlie Broyhill over at the Redskins for uh, sending along that audio. We appreciate that. When we return here on the weekend edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast as we continue to get you set for the Atlanta Falcons and the Washington Redskins, we'll have our Eye on the Enemy segment as well. We'll hear from defensive coordinator of the Redskins, Greg Minuski. But first, guys, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Well, your company can be mentioned right here and right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcasts. Our demographic is 98% males and has more education and earning than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast, Locked On Redskins, and the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Email me at russellmania 9 That's R-U-S-S-E-L-L-M-A-N-I-A-09, russellmania 9 at gmail.com, and I'll get you all the details. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, guys? We welcome you back. Good to have you with us on the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 116, the weekend edition. Uh, This will cover you until game time on Sunday, no matter what time you are listening uh, to this 1 o'clock Eastern time kick against the Atlanta Falcons. Don't forget to join me uh, for an hour before the game on the radio in Washington, D.C., on the Junkies pregame show. Uh, I'll be hanging out and doing some pregame action uh, with my pal JP of the Junkies from noon to 1. And then I will be back on 106.7 The Fan and Radio.com, the app or the browser, Radio.com, right after the game. As soon as the game is over or decided, we will be back on until 7.30 on Sunday night. So make sure you check me out then. Of course, make sure you check out previous Editions this week of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Again, this is episode 116. On 115, we heard from Haha Clinton Dix 
and uh, we broke down the Alabama connection a little bit more with some more details that you may not be aware of on uh, episode 114. That was a special edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast, which was totally focused on the acquisition of Clinton Dix and the breakdown there and a look at the Redskins salary cap. Uh, and on episode, let me see, 113, that was our crossover Wednesday edition with Aaron Freeman of the Atlanta Falcons and Locked on, uh, I should say, of Locked on Falcons as we previewed in detail with all the X's and O's and key matchups um, the upcoming game between the Atlanta Falcons and the Washington Redskins. Now time to hear from Redskins defensive coordinator Greg Minuski, who met with the media on Thursday via Redskins audio. And the first question, of course, he was asked was about his new safety, HaHa Clinton Dix. HaHa Clinton Dix, how soon can you get him up to speed to where he can go out there and, and help you? Well, that's the biggest thing. I think uh, he's a professional, of course. It's great to have him on our team. Uh, you know, it's an individual that came from uh, – uh, somewhat of a similar background, so I, I think the calls and stuff will relate a little bit over a little bit. But um, I mean, that's the biggest thing is trying to get him up to speed with uh, the defenses that we have. That might be a little different than what he did, but uh, overall, he's doing a good job. How how quick? You know, he seems like a smart guy, and people talk about that. But how hard is it to get in general a guy to go out and play a game in a new defense and have him play to the speed that you you and he would want him to be at? Well, I think it, it takes a couple of weeks. I think overall, uh, an individual that doesn't know the, you know, knows all the calls. I know he knows a, a fire zone concept. He knows cover three. He knows cover two. Uh, but every team's different. So I think overall, um, you know, his knowledge of the game is is very good. So I, I think uh, he's going to have a chance to uh, probably play a little bit this week, and we'll see it from there. How do you think? He matches up with like Nicholson and Swearinger on the field at the same time. Is the three safety look something that you can do more of now that he's here? Uh, of course, you know when you get you know individuals like that. You know he's a Pro Bowler guy. You know coming from Alabama, he understands defenses. He goes out there and he he performs at a high fashion. So uh, to have those three guys in situations like that would be great to have. So we're lucky and fortunate right now to have him. And then what do you see just Monte's role? Going forward, if he takes a little bit less, is he going to take a little bit less of a role? Like, what do you see, kind of the remaining? Uh, right now, you know, we're just judging and weighing what we have right now. You know, if, based upon he's been here for two days right now, so uh, just trying to figure out exactly what he knows and how he knows it, and then try to plug him in, and hopefully he'll be a, in a situation where he'll play a little bit. How, how do you judge exactly if someone's up to speed at a certain point? Do you, do you kind of just base it off of? Just practice, and then you have conversations with them, and or you know, is there a test like, hey, can you rattle off these kinds? Of, what's kind of just the way that you feel comfortable or confident in, in a certain amount of plays? I don't think there's a test. I think uh, overall, just talking to the individual and under, understanding what he does, um, and from a DB perspective, you know, I, I rely on the DB coaches to, you know, does he understand the concepts that we have, and pretty much, you know, there's not a thousand concepts, but overall. Uh, he is a very knowledgeable football player. He understands concepts, so we'll see it from there. When you're doing tape and study on uh, the Falcons' pass game, what stands out to you? I'm assuming Julio, and have they gone even more heavy net, uh, once losing Devontae Freeman? Well, I think, uh, I mean, just overall, they, you could see a lot of speed showing up, you know, across the board with the receivers that they have. And then with Freeman down, you know, what happens is um, – those other guys get an opportunity to uh, really fly down the field. So they, they can run, they, they have some speed. So uh, we got to make sure we match them up. When it, when it comes to stopping the run, you can, the 
D-linemen have gotten a lot of credit, but for you, when you look at the run defense, what is it that jumps out at you in addition to what you're seeing up front? Uh, you know, we're playing physical up front. I think uh, the guys that we, you know, picked up in the draft and, and Jonathan, you know, and Matt and all the guys up front, you know, pressing, setting an edge and, and Kerrigan, I think overall, uh, you know, they've been doing a good job. You know, I don't know where we're ranked or anything. I just, uh, we just got to make sure we stop the run, make them one dimensional and then put them in a passing situation. All right, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, once again, that was Redskins defensive coordinator Greg Minuski. Thanks to Redskins PR and Redskins Audio for that particular press conference on Thursday at Redskins Park. Now, a quick look at the segment we're going to call Eye on the Enemy. We'll do this every Friday, basically a statistical, numerical a breakdown of where the opponent is coming in to the matchup with and we started doing this last week with the New York Giants, and I thought it went pretty well. Let's look at the offense. We know how explosive this Falcons offense is, right? 401 yards per game. That's 37.5 yards per game above the NFL average. 6.28 yards per play. That's more than a half yard per game above the NFL average. Now, here's where they struggled. Because of the loss of Devontae Freeman and only having Tevo, Tevin Coleman and Ito Smith, the young rookie, they're only averaging 83.3 rushing yards per game, well below the league average of 111 even. And, of course, against this Redskins run defense, that should probably not change. Rushing yards per play, again, well below the league average at only 3.71. Passing yards per game, well above the league average. As a matter of fact, 65-plus yards above the league average at 317.7. They are the number three pass yards per game offense in the NFL. How about this? Passing yards per play. The league average, 707. The Falcons are at 8.24. And Matt Ryan just doesn't turn the ball over, at least not this year. Uh, His interception rate is 0.74. The league average, 2.42%. So two of the best uh, quarterbacks in the NFL at avoiding turnovers. Differences is one makes a lot of plays and one hasn't in this game. Uh, Just some other quick numbers for you because this is scary. The Falcons are 50% straight up on third down. The NFL average 39.75, so that's well, well, well above. Uh, They're not good on fourth down, so that could be an interesting area to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, And they are really good in the red zone, converting at nearly 70% of their red zone opportunities into touchdowns. Nearly 70% the league average at 57.53. Yikes! But they're low in terms of the league average, well below the goal-to-go percentage. Average time of possession, almost half, 29-39, and averaging 27.1 points per game. The league average, three points exactly lower than that. Real quickly on defense, uh, they are averaging giving up 419.4 yards per game. That's, again, almost uh, 18 or so, uh, almost 19 yards more than they're actually putting up. Yikes. 6.44 yards per play. That's three quarters of a yard per game, uh, or per play, I should say, more than the league average. 112.7 rushing yards per game, 4.81 rushing yards per play. The league average, 4.34 per play. So that's significantly above the league average. Something to look out for in this game. Passing yards per game allowed, the Falcons 306.7. Passing yards per play, 772. Again, well above the league averages. Sacks per pass attempt, they are nearly two percentage points lower than the league average at only 5.04%. 
uh, with Tack McKinley having a good year, but Vic Beasley struggling and all the injuries uh, that they've had. And on third down defense, we mentioned how good they are on third down offense. Third down defense, the Falcons are allowing teams to convert 54.1% of the time. Quite simply, the Redskins absolutely need to convert here. Again, they're not good in the red zone, uh, nearly allowing 72% of red zone opportunities turned into touchdowns. Goal to go, something similar to that. They're allowing 30.3 points per game. So that's our Eye on the Enemy segment. When we come back, we'll finish it up with a couple of fantasy football freebies and as well our NFL Sunday six-pack selections against the spread. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 116. Thanks for being with us on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, we welcome you back. It is episode 116, the weekend edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Again, you can get me at Twitter, on Twitter, at WrestleMania621. Email me, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com for any questions. If you want to sponsor the podcast, that would be awesome. If you want to share, uh, listen, if you're having trouble, uh, if you don't like what we're doing, if you like what we're doing, uh, get at me either way. Uh, and we'll get you guys more involved next week, I promise. Just trying to sort everything out and still get on uh, the same page in a normal schedule. All right, here we go with a couple of fantasy football freebies, as we like to call them, uh, here on the weekend edition for you guys, especially if you're in a daily fantasy league. Uh, but, of course, if you're trying to make out your lineup, I can't solve everybody's problems. Uh, but just the game that we care most about on this podcast, the Atlanta Falcons and the Washington Redskins. Julio Jones, as you know, very productive receiver, 81 receptions without a touchdown in the regular season, however. But here's why you should play him. Again, the Redskins secondary is their weak link. The Falcons' pass offense is clearly their strength beyond, as we just detailed. And Julio Jones is averaging 7.6 receptions per game, which is third in the NFL, according to Roto World, and as well 116 receiving yards per game, which is number one in the NFL. So even without the touchdowns, you're likely, likely to get six, seven catches, likely to get somewhere between 100 and 115 yards. And if he scores, finally, or if he does even better than that, then you're in for a real big payday. As we mentioned, Atlanta sucks trying to stop the run. 4.81 yards per play, only 112.7 rushing yards per game, which is interesting to see kind of the disparity because that's not that bad. It's just above the league average, but the 4.81 is obscene per play. They're getting absolutely shredded on first down. They're giving up 7.2 yards per play, according to Roto World, on first down, which is the worst in the NFL. Now, that's not all rushing, but certainly, significantly, rushing is a part of that. So that's why you got to go Adrian Peterson, right? Despite the big week last week, despite the, well, it's got to end at some point, you go Adrian Peterson. How about Latavius Murray for the Minnesota Vikings against the Detroit Lions, a top 10 running back the last three weeks for the Vikings, even in the loss against Minnesota, against the New Orleans last Sunday night. Detroit last in running yards per game allowed at 137 straight up. And Matt Patricia's defense 
5.5 yards per carry. We just told you how bad the Falcons are at 4.81. The Lions are over almost three-quarters of a yard per play worse than that at 5.5. Yikes. Um, I would avoid Alex Collins of the Baltimore Ravens against the Steelers. Uh, He's a little bit banged up. Plus, again, the Steelers are pretty good at stopping the run, so that's my one avoid for the particular week. Now, the NFL Sunday six-pack selections. Week six, we were 3-3-1. Week seven, yikes, 2-4. Week eight, we again took one on the nose, 2-4 with a backdoor cover by Tampa Bay in Cincinnati that ruined at least the 500 week. We had Washington over the Giants and a pick in Carolina plus the two over the Ravens for our two wins. So overall, so far, we're struggling. 7-11-1. Let's get back on the winning track here. We'll go Minnesota minus the five at Detroit. We'll take Kirk Cousins and Latavius Murray, who we just mentioned, in a bounce back after the loss against the Saints. Baltimore minus the three over Pittsburgh. Uh, these games are always physical. These games are always tough. But of all these offense are kind of clicking this year in terms of moving the game, the ball through the air. Ironically enough, yes, Joe Flacco and the Ravens are doing that. So I think it'll be a little bit more wide open. I do worry a little bit again about the Alex Collins injury for Baltimore. But Baltimore has looked uh, poor last week. They lost the heartbreaker two weeks ago against the Saints, in which they should have won, went toe-to-toe. I'll take Baltimore at home, minus the three over Pittsburgh. I'll take Houston looking for win number six in a row, plus the one at Denver. Denver goes against their former receiver, Demarius Thomas, who returns uh, to Denver uh, with him, now his current team, the Houston Texans. So I'll take Houston plus the one there. On Sunday night football, I'll take the Patriots, minus the five and a half, at home against Green Bay. We know what Green Bay did this week at the deadline with HaHa Clinton Dix coming here to the Redskins uh, and as well Ty Montgomery, who they were going to get rid of. Anyway, the Patriots on the short week, Monday night football, they grinded it out against a pretty tough Bills defense. I think they'll be better than that. I think they'll be a little bit healthier. I like James White in this game. That's another fantasy freebie for you that you can throw in with Michelle. Uh, kind of banged up. I would definitely play James White against Green Bay's defense. I'll take New England minus the five and a half over the Packers. Second road game game in a row. They were out on the West Coast, lost a heartbreaker to the Rams. Now they got to go all the way out to Foxborough on Sunday night. I'll take Dallas minus the five and a half at home on Monday night football. I know this is the Sunday six pack, but you get me. You smell what the rooster's cooking. I'll take Dallas minus the five and a half at home against Tennessee on Monday night football. Tennessee, ugh, offense, ugh. Atlanta and the Redskins. The Redskins are favored by two. I'm 3-0 since taking over this podcast. I'm riding a three-game winning streak. I'm hoping reverse karma works here. I'm going to take Atlanta plus the two. I fear their passing offense. I fear a defensive breakdown. I fear a miscommunication. I fear red zone. I fear third down. I really hope that the Redskins' run game can keep them off the field. It's a lot of weapons to shut down in Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, Tevin Coleman, the tight end Austin Hooper. Uh, it's just a lot to deal with. I'm going to take Atlanta plus the two, and hope that I am wrong. That's our Sunday six-pack selections for week number nine in the NFL. Minnesota minus the five over Detroit. Baltimore minus the three over Pittsburgh. Houston plus the one over Denver. New England minus the five and a half over Green Bay. Dallas minus the five and a half over Tennessee. And Atlanta plus the two over Washington. Good luck, everyone. Thanks for being with us here on the Locked On Redskins podcast episode number 116. Hope you have a great weekend. Back with another edition, number 117, win or lose. Hopefully it's a fourth straight victory Monday. Until then, 
Have a great weekend and adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.